0: It's Life on Life's Terms. Chris
1: Mandeville, and we are here at a New Way Recovery Center of Quincy Ave and Quincy Mass, who... It was ever so gracious to let us use the space to bring you this podcast. Hey, terrific place. Yes. Lots of resources, um, women's meetings, all kinds of stuff. If you're in the social area, uh, come check it out. Lots of painted rocks. What, yes. what, what is yeah.
0: that? Uh, what are they called? They have a name for it. Um, I don't know. Caring rocks, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah. caring rocks. Come on, Bound. Grab yourself a caring rock. <laughs> like- oh, here, let me kill a fan too. Boom
1: all right uh tonight yeah that sound, hi jeff that sound a little better <laughs> um tonight we have tom riley who is director and part owner of the brook retreat he's going to share his experience strength and hope with us and basically uh tell us how we get to
0: where he is cool yeah thanks for coming in tom
2: yeah thanks for having me um all right. So first, um, first, I'll start by thanking these guys. In case I get wrapped up and we wind up nine o'clock, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, so I ran, I ran <laughs> into no, these guys we're at an you event. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Kicked me out at eight nineteen for the Patriots game. Yeah. Um, again with the <laughs> Patriots game, we we were at an event last two Sundays ago, uh, and I bumped in these guys. They had their table set up. They were doing, you know, live stream from a recovery event. It was a recovery awards ceremony. Uh, it was a pretty big deal. A lot of uh, a lot of people from the from the field there. So yes,
1: it was it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, um, but I can start, um, you know, from you know my my past. Um, I grew up on the south shore. I grew up in Kingston. Um, I always tell people, you know, we 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 weren't um, I don't know how to say this. We, we were a family that was, you know, blessed. Um, uh, when I talk to people, I always ask people, you know, if they went on vacations or not when they were a kid because that usually is the threshold. Um, for me, we were a family that, yeah. you know, we went on vacations. Um, you know, we were we we were pretty close. Um, parents
0: got along well?
2: Yeah, I mean, my parents are divorced, but, you know, when I was a kid, they were together together. Um, mm. It's not, you know, it's an amicable thing. There's no, you know, deep hatred there or anything. It's not the reason. It's uh, always a good thing. Yeah, it's not the reason for for any of, you know, my situation. Um, I I grew up in a nice town, went to a good school. I never really wanted for anything. Um, But, you know, at some point I did start to use and abuse drugs and alcohol. Um, it's, It's really hard to say, you know, what you know, what it actually looked like in the beginning because I don't remember a whole lot of it. Um, you I, don't
0: remember, like, what what was the
2: first substance? So, the fir- I mean, first substance I ever used was booze. I can remember stealing a Bud Light, you know, Bud Light out of my dad's fridge in the garage, cracking a beer and drinking it, remembering oh, yeah. that it was, you know, tasted awful. I didn't really get any effect from it. <laughs> um, I can remember you know, like my first love was, was like weed. I smoked a lot of weed when I was a kid. Um, yeah. mm. and for me it was more, you know, looking back on it throughout the years, you know, doing some, some research around it on myself. Um, I just liked it cause it was a social thing. Um, I was like a pretty insecure kid growing up. And for me, you know, if I smoked weed, There'd be people around, you know, we'd go yeah. to parties, everyone was drinking. It's the same reason why I like to drink the way I like to drink was cause, you know, get a couple of beers in me, you know, smoke some weed and, and I would stop, you know, uh, thinking about what you were thinking about what i was thinking you right know? Yeah, and that's I did, <laughs> I did, and that's beautiful I did that a lot think yeah that's I would yeah. stop
0: thinking about you what you were thinking <laughs> about what i was thinking yeah i did yeah, a lot that of sounds that like what was that you, 13 14 yeah it <laughs> sounds yeah. like if you had right, what people right? wanted they would be around exactly and yeah, you would have yeah, friends. yeah and, and I, I
1: did the same thing like i started working at i think 10 years old yeah someone someone had a post up the other day at what point did you start getting an allowance i said i don't know at 10 years old i started paying room and board because i worked
0: yeah allowance yeah allowance no i was allowed to go work (laughs) (laughs) let me let me give you a clue right my dad brought me school shopping to get sneakers he wanted to buy me this pair i said i don't like that pair i want those pair he said oh yeah we'll get you those pair you're gonna work off the difference i worked all weekend Yep. long yeah probably for like a three dollar difference <laughs> yeah <You laughs> right <what> I mean? <laughs> Yeah, but oh, you, man, you you allowance. learned
1: you you learned the value of a dollar
0: i did you're you know, right if i
1: wanted you know it was tough man mom's you know single mom hmm. she she had uh bills to pay and if i wanted new school clothes i had to go to a place that was no longer exists. it's called liss and they sold all levi's and corduroys and i had to put on a layaway yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> or, or I went to school in the same clothes I went to the year before.
0: Yeah, but that was not your story, Tom. No, mm. that wasn't that.
2: Re, that really wasn't mine. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I'd lie to you if that was your story, and I'd try to tell you that that was my story um, because <laughs> yeah. you know people that pleasing. was yeah, um, more of like a you know a chameleon. Mm. Um, yep, I, yeah. I ran in. I ran in in circles with a lot of people that. Probably had no idea who I really was. Um, and I don't really think I knew who I really was. I don't actually think it was until I got sober that I really started to think about, you know, what my genuine interests were.
0: Um, well, I think that at that point in life, we're talking about like junior high, right? Yeah. yeah at that point 14. in life, it's when everybody's kind of choosing yeah. who they're going to be. So Yeah. yeah. And,
2: and I think it, it, in my head, I was, you know, a little afraid of, you know, making the wrong choice. I was afraid of going too far in one direction or the other. I tried to be friends with everybody. Mm. Um, You know, it got to the point where graduate you know i can remember leaving junior high um and in my mind i'm thinking all right this is going to be great all my friends are going to silver lake Votech. i got a carpentry program i'll go and do that um I, I didn't like school i don't like doing anything uh really at that point in my life all i wanted to do was you know hang out with my friends hmm. and uh and my i'll never forget it my mom sat me down one day and she's like you're not going to Votech and i was like okay all right silver lake Ugh. regular high school that's fine and she was like no you're going to boston college high school and i can remember Ooh. just it was devastating blow <laughs> cuz that's where my brother went and um you know, me and my brother have a great relationship now, but back in the day, we didn't. Um, you know, everything that I did wrong, he, you know, was smart enough to not make those decisions. Um, he was going to private high school because he was thinking about college in the ninth grade. You know, for me, yeah, it, was yeah, kinda, right. it was never it was never really on my radar. Um, so what I did was I went, and uh, and I hated it, and I kicked and screamed. I, I remember my senior year, I think I went to, like, 38 classes. Um, like, 38. 38 days of class and uh, and there's and,
1: what 180 in the school year yeah
2: something like that I mean our year was short <laughs> senior year but I can remember you know they were I was I was about to get expelled in between the last day of school so once school was over and in between then and graduation
0: they tried to expel me so it seemed um, like you you probably had some like rebellious
2: oh yeah for sure I just didn't well, I, what I would do is I would you know get up every morning i get in my car i drive to school drop the kids off that I drove to school Smoke some weed, and I'd say I'm gonna go home. And then I turn around and drive home. And uh, from King- <laughs> from Kingston to Dorchester, I knew, you know, if I went to school and then turned around and came home, I knew that by that time my mom would already be at work, and you know, I could just hang out at my house, and I'd get my friends that skip school at Silver Lake, and we they know, call we'd that the out. easier way. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. Um, you know, I cheated my way through high school. Um, like I said, I barely graduated. I graduated without a diploma. Um, you know, I can remember getting my diploma, walking at graduation, and they give me this little envelope. And I got in the office because everybody busts my balls about it. Um, it's my high school diploma. It's not like this big thing. It's not a college diploma. It's not a master's degree. It's my high school diploma because, like, I really had to work for it. Yep. Um, I, I didn't get it when I graduated. I had to do, like, 120 hours of community service that summer um and i got it and my grandma i can remember my grandmother opened it after i was up on stage and she was just devastated because it was nothing it was yet. empty yeah, yeah it was empty yeah. oh, no. my, i had to go
1: to summer school to yeah. get my diploma the same thing like fucking up big time am senior yeah. year like and and i was devastated that they wouldn't let me just walk yeah. with my class yeah, it was you know? um, oh yeah.
2: It was right around that time that you know I was I was drinking heavy. I was, you know, starting to get into, you know, doing a little bit of coke and, you know, prescription pain pills and I can remember the first time that I really that I really started taking pain pills. Um it was like a weekend did them every day for a weekend and i can remember you know starting to feel sick and thinking to myself i shouldn't do this um yeah and then the next thought was just like now you you'll do some more and you'll feel better um and it was like right at that point i think i made you know a pretty conscious decision that this was the road i wanted to go down now Um, do you think that that
1: being at a city high school versus the Volk tech influenced that at all
2: no definitely not no, I was going down this road regardless of yeah. where I went. It was a big reason why I went to BC High, but it wasn't. It had nothing to do with where I was going. Right. Um, I tell the I tell the story all the time that you know, for me, I believe that my disease is centered around selfishness, um, and I can remember my first job. I worked at this bike shop and. I can remember my boss gave me this bike frame and I was probably like 13, 14 years old. It's my first job not working for my dad's restaurant. And, uh, I can remember going to work every day and I'm getting paid to be there. And it was like a really good job. I saw a lot of my friends come in, dropped their bikes off. I'm working on them, like, using wrenches all day. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, mm. he gave me this bike frame and said, you know, you can build it. And it was, I never, it's a GT Mach three and it was, you know, it's a nice bike. I think it was his son's bike old school yeah it's an old school bike and uh and i can remember going in the basement and stealing parts for it and building the bike and uh <laughs> yeah. i can remember you know thinking to myself i could buy this and then the next thought was just you know, or you could just take it and get paid too and you know i look back at like my my years of using and and you know going through the work and really taking steps and i can you know, I can really equate that to like my drug addict tendencies a lot. Uh, trying to take those shortcuts and still get the same, you know, thing that that that, that not taking the shortcut would give you. It's kind of like you know my whole high school career, my whole
0: you know stint in colleges. <laughs> it brings up it brings up a, a question in my mind that I think about when I think of these stories and i hear these I hear these type of things where you were, you were not, you were there was some really important decisions, and you were not to be consulted about them. You were going to go to BC High and you were going to do what you were told. Um, even though all these decisions, they, they, uh, they're about you. Yeah, for and sure. And your future and what you think. And so then, like... What does it tell you about yourself? Your uh, parents don't trust
2: yeah, you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I was making awful decisions. Everything that, everything that you know, that, that those decisions that got made, um, they were in my best interest right Um, it goes back to like you know it goes back to like what my grandmother used to tell me when i was a kid you know i spent a lot of time around my grandmother um she used to tell me you know don't lie don't cheat don't steal she was a woman of faith she spent a lot of time going to church and doing stuff like that she used Mm. to teach um and and, you know i look at those morals and those principles now and that's what i live by you know and and so so simple yeah you know yeah it took me a long hard road to realize um that that was what i was gonna have to do in order to be happy but
0: and also to respect yourself yeah
2: yeah to be able to look at myself in the mirror and not be ashamed you know I, i spent a lot of time with sleepless nights um you know sober trying to get sober um and i can remember you know just thinking about all the awful things that I'd ever done, all the stuff I'd ever stolen, you know, all the people that I ever let down or lied to. And, you know, for me, the only way out of that was, you know, to, to literally fall into a situation where someone had a way out and they walked me through it and I got to go and and stop making those mistakes and also write the ones that I did make. And I was able to, you know, get a good night's sleep. That was the only thing that was really promised of me when to me when I started to take steps. They said, you know, you'll read your four-step and you'll probably get a really good night's sleep. And and I slept like a baby, you know, I can remember. Yeah, because yeah. that,
1: that loneliness of the alcoholic, That you know, you go to lay down and that's when everything hits
2: you. Yeah, it's the you insidious know, four, the, four yeah, horsemen. Yeah, yeah kind you know,
1: all, this, all the all the shitbag stuff that, that you've done you like, like that. yeah yeah. Oh. yeah yeah i
2: mean so like to 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 move on from there i was you know Graduating high school, got into college um, barely. I think I graduated with like a one point eight GPA, but because it, I was coming from BCI, that you know it was really like a two point eight. That's what my guidance counselor was telling me. Um, <laughs> a one point eight. That's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty low. Huh. Um, and what happened was, I got into school, and uh, I ended up going to Johnson. And I, first, I went to Wentworth in Boston. Um, uh, yeah. I went to Wentworth. I signed up for business management and um, construction management figured you know why not again i had some friends that were doing the same thing and i was like this will be easy if i can just cheat off these guys um and and i just partied um i went in and you know i had some friends at northeastern and i had some friends at wentworth and you know the whole thing was just uh not going to class just getting messed up all the time i was stints of you know doing perks getting high doing a lot of coke a lot of drinking um and what happened was i ended up getting kicked out of school um I, you know, they were about to expel me from school. I didn't go to class for an entire semester, and I can remember I picked up the phone and uh, I, I made a call and I was like, "Mom, you know, this is what's about to happen. I don't know what to do." And uh, she was like, "Well, you got, you we could transfer. You know, you could go to another school." And I was like, "Yeah, that's, that's a good idea." You know, and I didn't tell her the truth. I just said, you know. This isn't working out, but in reality, I was about to get kicked out, and uh, and I ended up transferring. You know, that following following week, I think I was already enrolled in a different school, uh, which was like a whole new shot for me. Um, I, I went down to Johnson and Wales. I did well. Um, Where is that? That's in right. Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah, um, I thought so. And it was doing what I wanted to do. You know, I've always been in the restaurant industry. I've always, you know, I worked in fourteen restaurants. Um, oh, know, so you was were studying to be a chef. Yeah, yeah, I was um, No alcoholics
0: and that. Yeah, too. I I went to I went to <laughs> I went to Southeastern. Yeah. I
2: took commercial
1: foods. Yeah. And the seniors that had graduated before us, some of them went to Johnson and & Wales and they were like, "Listen. They're teaching us how to make rubens. Don't waste your money."
2: <laughs> like,
1: our fir- like we learned how to make a ruben freshman year. Yeah. Like uh, a cl-
2: I had an entire class on how to cut an onion. Yeah. I thought I knew it all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I
1: I've worked in restaurants for a very long time.
2: Yeah, and, it was and, it was easy for me. That yeah. type of work was really easy for me, and well, I think it, that's why I gravitated towards it. There was always
1: alcohol. There was always yeah. drugs. Like you could drink while you were working, or yep. at the end of a shift. Like trying trying to not drink. And drug being in the restaurant business is next to impossible very difficult it really is very (laughs) difficult
2: yeah it's it's tough Um, and you know I went down there and what happened was I ended up getting a DUI got in a serious car accident got a DUI uh, got expelled from school it's one of the worst nights of my life Mm, Um, yeah and that was the second you know second serious thing that happened from my using the first one was obviously getting kicked out of one school second one getting so, kicked out of the second school. Were you
0: doing pain meds this whole time?
2: I was, yeah. On and oh. off with perk thirties. Um, oh, yeah. they were kind of around the South shore a lot. Uh, a lot of my friends were heavy into them. I hadn't made the jump into heroin yet. Mm, um, right? but I was, I was pretty close right around such that would have been about my fourth year in college. Um, and I think I left as a sophomore, like halfway through my <laughs> sophomore <laughs> year. So <laughs> things were moving pretty slowly. Um, so I, I got kicked out of school, and uh, I ended up packing up. You know what I could fit in my car after I got it out of the impound um, when I got out of court that day. Packed up my car. Just left if um, took as much stuff as I could, which was like kind of my go to move i, I didn 't know it yet, but that was that was going to be my go to move, just leaving in the middle of the night with whatever I could carry. Um, I ended up moving back to to Pembroke I lived on a on a friend 's couch for about three months before I told anybody you know that that really cared about me what had happened. Um, yeah. and I, oh, no, yeah, no guilt was hitting you right there. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. Uh, I did. You know, I, I, I had a pretty bad habit at the time. Um, and I ended up going back to work for my dad, got an apartment in Plymouth. Um, things got pretty out of control down there. Uh, I was, you know, I was doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And
0: that was where I started doing yeah. dope was in Plymouth.
2: Yeah. And I ended up, you know, I ended up messing up my job opportunity. Um, I ended up you know this is a, a whole bunch of things happened in downtown plymouth that weren't you know exactly what i wanted um and i didn't have my license at the time so i sold my car um and no license lived right in downtown right above the bar i worked at um what bar uh it's called on the rocks when i worked there it's uh so know. it's the old simons uh oh. yeah <laughs> so yeah so we, we did that um you know my i ended up coming that's an to, alcoholic move yeah. <laughs> living above your job yeah yeah for sure <laughs> um yeah like well i woke up a lot in the basement of that place so <laughs> yeah definitely an alcoholic move um i ended up coming to the realization i was a couple months behind on rent everything was about to come crashing down again and and i you know i packed up and moved i secured a job up in uh, portland and I can remember making the trip up to Portland with uh, with my buddy and, and my dope dealer um, driving me up to Portland, um, dropped me off with a screaming habit. Um, I ended up getting an apartment pretty quickly, um, started working at a new job. I wasn't getting high. I, dope I, I, sick? I, yeah, I was dope sick. I remember I, can't, <laughs> I had these guys drop me off at my mom's house. That's just, weird. <laughs> yeah. At this point, my mom had, had moved out of state to just kind of get away, so she, she moved up to Maine. And... Uh, i got dropped off at her front door and i was you know kicking dope at her house and um good time yeah i left with like seven suboxone uh, enough to enough to you know wean myself off and then uh, by the time i got there i traded all my suboxin to my dope dealer i think i had like half a suboxone left and i, I had a worse habit than when i left mm-hmm. um and i got dropped off my buddy jeff who's who's now sober he he tells me all the time he's like you had this look on your face on your mom's porch like just like a little puppy dog you know like I have w- what I had under my arm and he was just like you know dude, you look like a dog it was yeah. it was bad we hated <laughs> leaving you there and uh, I ended up getting a place and I, I was you know off dope for a little while probably about a month and a half um, my life was miserable spent a lot of time at the bar at the restaurant I was working at uh, I spent a lot of time drinking in my room And I bumped into someone that was, you know, was high one day and I said, you know, what, what do you, what do you want? And, uh, and she said, uh, crack. And I said, okay, let's do it. Uh, I spent like the next, you know, three, four months smoking crack, um, pretty, pretty regularly. Um, yeah that's usually how it goes yeah (laughs) yeah, spent a lot of time crawling around looking out windows Um, carpet uh, carpet farming crawling around looking for specks in the carpet to smoke it's it's like the yeah for me it was like the just the, the same old thing i moved into a new place and i you know i got a new tv and the next week i got a bed and the next week you know i got an xbox and then the Xbox was gone, and the TV was gone, and the the lights are turned off, and the you know the, the the sink's full of dirty dishes, and I'm smoking crack by candlelight, and I started commuting back down to Boston to get high. Oh, um, awful. And what happened was one day I just realized, you know, I, I'm I'm a couple months behind on rent, and my lights are off. I gotta go, and uh, and I left in the middle of the <laughs> night. Ghosted again. Yeah, and I moved back to South Boston. My brother was living in Southie at the time.
0: Um, I used to go to this crack house in Plymouth. They had no electricity and they were just living there. Yeah. And it would be like nighttime and oh, everybody yeah. would be in the room smoking crack and it would be pitch black and you'd just see the lighter, lighters going. And they'd, yeah. they'd pass it just flick the lighter a couple times pass it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a gnarly on, world to live in oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think uh, of it, about it now. It's just, crack shacks, it, man. Give what? you the shivers. Yeah. Yeah, staying Good up all night. Gross.
2: Being early for work, just waiting and waiting to get out of work so I could go home. Um, And I can remember, you know, my thought process was just like, uh, this isn't what I want to do. I want to get high. I want to get high the way I like to get high, so i got to go back to Boston. Um, So once again, I moved in the middle of the night. I moved down to my brother's, and he was kind enough to let me sleep on his floor. Uh, Him and his girlfriend were in an apartment in Southie, and I was sleeping on his floor. And I got a job. Um, so what it looked like for me was, you know, when I left when I left Wentworth, I lost my school. Um, when I went to Johnson and Wales, and I, I I left Johnson and Wales, I lost my license and my car. And when I left Plymouth, I lost a little bit of my family. Um, then I went to Portland, and when I left Portland, you know, I was losing a little bit more. I I didn't get back, you know, the apartment when I moved back to Southie. I didn't move into an apartment. I moved onto someone's floor. Um, and I and what happened was, you know, I started started selling dope again and uh and my brother's girlfriend you know went rifled through my backpack one day i had this backpack and it was like you know it was like a part of me i wouldn't i wouldn't go anywhere without my backpack it had all my stuff in it and uh your and world was yeah, consolidated yeah, down to, it, a backpack. to a backpack exactly mm-hmm. and really all it was was like a, a hundred pack of syringes and probably like 50 bags of dope and you know some crack and i remember i got back i woke up and no one was home so i jumped in the shower and i can remember halfway through the shower i heard footsteps and i said oh man where's my backpack jumped out of the shower opened the door my backpack's right there i'm like Oh you you know no one no one no one went through my bag and uh so i went on my day i went to work i get a text message later on while i'm at work and i was working at this bo- this uh restaurant in south boston down on like p street and um i get this text message and it's are you getting high again and it's my from my brother, and I'm like, no, why? And uh, and he just sends me the next image. It's just a picture, and it's my backpack, um, and it's open, and all my stuff. And he's like, yeah, we're we're leaving. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, we're going to leave. You can have the apartment. Just start paying rent. You know, um, his girlfriend at the time didn't feel comfortable living with me there, so they moved out, and I I took over. And uh, I never wow. made, yeah, I never made wow. one rent payment. Uh, my brother didn't talk to me for a little while after that. Um, I never paid rent I ended up you know I can remember going to get you know my paycheck one day um, and I saw so I'm walking at this point because I walked everywhere and I was walking from you know Andrew Station I lived right on Preble Street next to Andrew Station and I'm walking down to P Street So I can remember walking down Carson Beach and seeing, you know, the benches and all the stuff down there. And like little did I know I'd be living on one of those benches soon. And uh, I can remember getting down there. I got my paycheck coming back through, you know, the rotary. And I see this this still there. It's a big blue sign at the liquor store. It says checks cashed here. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, got to cash this check. You know, I can't give my paycheck to my landlord, you know. And uh, next thing I know, I'm cashing my (laughs) paycheck through the little glass window. And I'm getting on the train at Andrew station and I'm getting off at the the orange line and getting off at the blue line. And I'm at Maverick station in Chelsea. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a big mistake, man. Don't get high. What are you doing in Chelsea? I walked right past my house. I got on the train. I wasn't even, I didn't have a habit at the time. Um, I think I was like six days sober, just trying to, you know, go paycheck to paycheck without, you know, spending all my money. Yeah. I got hit with the obsession and, uh, and that's how I know, like, for me the obsession's very real because I can remember going to switch trains saying, you know, get back on, going the other way. It's free. You don't even it's not even gonna cost you anything. You just yeah. gotta go back up and come back yep. down, you'll be fine. And then I was getting high in a church, uh right behind a church in Chelsea. Um and I spent all my money on dope and I, I never went back to that apartment. Uh that was the last day that I was at that apartment. I ended up going on a on about a month run um, I, I overdosed a couple times. Um, I was at the Braintree, tree, you know, motel six when it was there, we had the room all the way uh, at the very yeah. end around the corner. Um, I can remember, you know, had this thought cross my mind that was like, you don't want to, you don't want to be alive anymore. Um, and I just loaded up a rig and I, you know, did twice as much as I wanted to do. And, and I woke up mm. in Quincy medical center and, uh, wow. uh, yeah. And, and my shirt was cut and I was soaking wet and I knew what happened. And, the EMT's like, you know, you were out for 15 minutes. And I was just, I was like, I'm sorry, man. You know, you wasted your time again. Um, you know, this, this isn't what I wanted to happen. And uh, they told me they needed to keep me and observe me for four hours because I had uh, been yeah, unconscious for hours. so long. Yeah, and I remember man. looking at the doctor being like, yes, that's why you're a doctor. And then, you know, she left and I grabbed my stuff and crept out the back door and the Johnny. Um, oh man! Yeah, yeah, and uh, then my friends were out front, kept at and the back with my, yeah, nothing yeah, covering yeah, your back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember, right out front, they were outside smoking cigarettes. Um, so one of my friends, he's actually he he's died since then, um, and he was there, and, and and these other two that we were with. and My first question was just, you know, where's my dope? You know, where are we going? Do you think we can go back to that motel? um and we couldn't (laughs) and we ran around for a little bit longer and dude that place was so fucking hot oh yeah anyone that did anything there like it's shut down now like yeah it's no longer existent but it was terrible um really bad memories of that place yeah um and and i can remember you know going a little bit longer um i was getting high that wasn't the last time i got high i kept getting high um I was living, you know, at Carson Beach on the bench, sleeping outside, you know, walking down Mass Ave, going over to the projects off Mass Ave. Must have um, been warm out. Huh? Yeah, it was the summertime. I I got mm. sober in August, so it was a couple months leading up to that. Um, it was springtime around then, um, and what happened was I ended up, you know, I ended up making my way to this homeless shelter, and... Uh, stayed there for a while, a couple weeks. That's um, what I was going
0: to ask because you'd be in a shelter if it was cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Went to a shelter
2: anyway. Yeah, I was at I was at a shelter because I cause I I needed to eat. Um, I, ran of, I ran out I ran out of hustle. There. Yeah, um, yeah. So, that's the
0: only
1: time I ever did anything.
0: Yeah, was when I ran out of hustle. Yeah, that, you that was how, it? now you're intelligent, able-bodied young person, and here you are. You have to be in a homeless shelter. Yeah. It I see it I see it every morning, dude. Yeah, it was
2: 22, um 20 every day 21, 22, and yeah. I can remember, you know, waking up
0: in a homeless shelter asking myself if this is what the rest of my life is going to look like. Um if that's not a testament to the that it's something that's beyond just willpower is needed to fix it. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I ended, up getting high. Um, I ended up getting high I ended up getting high I left the homeless shelter one day went and got high um, picked up the phone called my mom said you know uh, I need help um, she came right down picked me up got me into detox um, got high in detox I can remember going to leave wow. detox I picked up Never the phone yeah yeah I don't suggest it Um <laughs> 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 you have to ask yourself how it got in there um And I can can remember, you know, going to leave and I'm like, you know, get on the phone. I'm like, all right, mom, I'm ready. You know, come pick me up. I'll come back to Maine. We'll try this again. And she was like, sorry, man, can't do it. I was, like, uh, what do you, I was like, I was I know, don't know if you heard me. I finished detox. I'm ready to go. And she was like, no, seriously, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm good now. What and I mean? was like, all right. Um, and that was the first time that she had said no since forever. The first time I ever called my mom, the first time I got arrested, I can remember being scared, picking up the phone, wondering what she was going to say. Um, and that was the first time she just said, no, can't do it. Um, so I ended up, you know, they said, all right, we got you a bed. We're going to place you. And now, said, do you oh,
0: think that was hard for her?
2: Oh, I bet it was impossible. I bet it
0: was the, probably the hardest thing she, she's ever done. I bet right. she yeah. I bet she, she probably had quite a moment after it she was, got off the phone. It was like
2: hands that. down the the most important thing that's probably ever happened to me. Um mm, because I, I would have kept going. Yeah. Myself. Yeah, I would have kept going. I would have gotten yeah. to her house and I would have been comfortable eating her food and I would have gotten high again. Um right. and I ended up going, they put me on this bus, they're like, We got you a bed. I'm like, Oh, perfect. I love beds. <laughs> um, they put me on this, this yeah. truck and we pull, we're coming down, you know, Molina Cass, uh, get to the end. We Boulevard pull in, in yeah, Boston. Yeah. Come, come get down to the end. And I'm like, Oh, this is familiar. We pull into this place and the is open. I'm like, is this where I'm going? They're like, no man, this isn't where you're going. They were going to the hope house or something that was down there. Um, a new Oprah, I don't don't know which one was down at the end of Molina Cass. And then we headed into Boston and I'm getting over towards South Station. I'm going, oh, this is really familiar. And they pull up in front of the Boston Rescue Mission where I was living, uh, downtown crossing prior to detox. And they said, all right, man, this is your stop. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh yeah. This is it, huh? And they were like, yeah. And uh, so I made it full circle. I went from, you know, homeless shelter, getting high to detox, to back to a homeless shelter. Things hadn't changed. Now, were you right. in a holding, or were you in the shelter? I was in the holding upstairs. Yeah. Um, and, but what in happened? There. Yeah. Is that
1: over by St. Francis House?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's right outside Downtown Crossing, mm-hmm. um, closer to Chinatown entrance. Yeah. Now, is
0: is Kingston House still there? That's the one I was Yeah, on. that's where I was. Oh, that's you were in Kingston House? That's where I was. Oh, yeah. I was in the holding at Kingston yeah. House. It was a wet shelter. Yes. I was in the middle of winter, and they were coming out of there with with somebody every night in an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. It yeah, smelled all the f- like feet. Yeah, the whole place, yeah. <laughs> yeah, say. Whole, yeah. Place, whole place smelled like feet.
2: You worked yeah. all day. Um, you know, they told you when you could smoke cigarettes. I was there in 1996. Uh, the food got you sick can remember eating an egg salad sandwich one time, peeling back the label. It's like a Tedeschi's egg salad sandwich. Ooh. Peeling back the label. There's
0: like four expiration dates on it. Oh, man. <laughs> Eggs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like yeah. gas station Gross. sushi. Yeah. I we was had, getting sick. I, I, I lost. The... We had when I was there, we had uh, venison from like – Capital one the, Grill. One of the cul- culinary schools yeah. donated this venison, and they, uh, the guy came and cooked it and yeah. everything. And yeah, they used to like, drop wow.
2: off all the all the scraps from Capital Grill, so they'd come with, you know, and I we used to work in restaurants, so I was in the kitchen all day cooking yeah. for all these people. And, uh, yep. and I can remember, you know, that this big box would come in off the back of this truck, and it was, you know, all the fatty scraps, and you'd have to cut around the fat to get all the pieces that they missed, and then you'd turn that into, you know, steak tips and uh yeah and i got i got sick a lot and um and i had this abscess on my stomach and from sleeping outside and wow yeah my mom showed up one day and she was looked that at me, a cut or was that a needle it was a cut and uh oh. and it ended up getting in, it was pretty badly infected. infected um and i ended up going my mom he used to see my brother all the time uh and you know he would be working he works on state street and uh and I can remember asking him for for money, and I needed my pay my last paycheck. I think I got a paycheck. you go get it for me, you know, and I'm just
0: planning on getting high and um and, well, the feeling of sorry for yourself must be overwhelming, you
2: yeah, know? well, I think what did it was that you know my my low and my high at that point were, were the same they were equal um back when I would mess up prior if I messed up I'd leave in the middle of the night, but I would go and I'd restart somewhere else, and I'd have everything like before i'd mm. get the apartment and i'd get the job and i'd get the girl and i'd get the car and and then every time i would lose one of those things and by the end of it i, I had nothing it was like my highs and my lows were the exact same yeah, yeah. and, and it, there was no I, I had no drive left um and my mom showed up one day and she said you know we're gonna get you out of here and i said okay mm. and they didn't want to let me go um and i ended up just running out the front door i remember i grabbed my bags i pushed through the counselor i was like i'm out of here uh, jumped in my mom's car and she brought me to this program. Um, and I went up to this program and it was a 12 step program and, uh, and it was super nice. Um, I, it was like the equivalent from going, you know, from like, the Kingston house to the Ritz. I yeah. was up in this place and they yeah. were cooking for From you. From a park bench to Yeah, park the Street. first day was like steak fajitas. <laughs> I was like, this is fantastic. I can do this recovery thing. Um, <laughs> and then my mom like bought me a carton of cigarettes. Like I, we were on the way up and I'm like, mom, I need an iPod. And she's like, I'll buy you headphones. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. it's like let me see pictures of this place as if like i had a choice as to where i was going i had yeah. nothing i was like, going like there if regardless. you didn't like the pictures you're gonna say no. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> like do they
0: have tvs it's like, yeah but maybe that contrast helped you No. oh yeah no because you well, know I got, where you just were you i got high that.
2: at the place i went to so oh. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't it, it didn't solve my problem yeah. but what happened was um I got I got high at this place, and, uh, and a couple weeks went by, and uh, they didn't know that I got high. I didn't get kicked out yet, uh, and I started the work. And and um, I ended up you know taking a third step, writing a fourth step, and, and I got kicked out um, later on down the road. Right before I was about to read my fourth step, uh, I got kicked out. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I look back on it and it was a blessing because if I didn't get kicked out, I would have never gotten honest about it and I probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't still be sober. Um, and I ended up getting honest about my situation after I left there. Uh, I got, to, I went down, you know, it was a 30 day program. So I was there for 40 days. Um, and then I got kicked out and I had another bed lined up at a long-term program. And I, I went down to this program in Wakefield with these two guys. Um, it's no longer there, but the place was, you know, miracles happened at this program. And, uh, and I showed up and they were like, okay, so what happened? And for the first time I was like, yeah, I got high, you know? they were like okay cool you know you're gonna read your fourth step and you're gonna you know it's all right we just wanted you to be honest about it and uh mm. it was i was devastated you know i was like oh this is what happens when you tell the truth like everything works out um yeah <laughs> and, and i ended up staying there for a while um yeah. I stayed there for about six months and i got a job and you know uh it was it was crazy because what happened in the meantime, uh, from getting kicked out of one program and going to the next one was I had the opportunity to get high and also to drink and I didn't do it. Um, that obsession that we were talking about, it responded to reason. Uh, I can remember having the thought, you know, I, 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 have a picture in my mind of what this absolute bottle looked like in my mom's house. I stayed there until I went to this other program two nights and I had these Suboxone, um, from when, one time when I was trying to kick dope and uh, and I can remember thinking to myself you know you could party with this you know this is going to make you feel better and then I said no because then you won't get to go to this other program and it was weird because I didn't give it any credit at the time but you know that was my thought you know, to get high, and it it was responding to reason, you know. The same thought that never responded when it was pay your rent, don't be homeless, you Mm. know, you're about to lose everything. And now it was actually, and the only thing that had changed was, you know, me taking steps. And and you
1: can, you know, I can look at that, and, like, for me, like, I I would use that to explain to someone, you basically had a spiritual awakening. Yeah. Because you did something different in a situation you had been in Hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah, the, it's, it's educational variety.
0: Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking you became willing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think to I tell was the beaten. Truth. Yeah,
2: I was beaten into a sense, and I was put in a situation that made me become willing. Mm. Um, and I was also, you know, given something that actually worked you know like these people these these people up there at this program like they they saved my life they they opened my eyes they i can remember this guy When Drew you was, say
0: up there where was it again? We were in New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's up in New Hampshire. That's um, the one you got kicked out of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it's a gr- it's honestly and it probably one of the best programs. It's Like sacred ground up there to me even though I got yeah, kicked out. Yeah, I think I'm pretty um,
1: pretty sure I know what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah,
2: most people do. Most people do. Um and 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 what happened was um you know, I, I ended up, you know, I ended up grabbing onto this thing. They, they drew the mind body diagram on the board. And essentially what it explained was that, you know, I have an allergy to drugs and alcohol. And then every time I start, I'm not gonna be able to stop. And you know, that I also suffer from the obsession, which is a thought that doesn't respond to reason. So essentially my life looks like a merry-go-round of, you know, of hell and i can't get off Mm, mm. um and i can remember looking at this guy and i'm like dude you have that too and he's like yeah it's alcoholism bro you everybody (laughs) in this room has it yeah and i was like oh shit you know maybe you know mind blown yeah i started to see it a little bit and i saw these people and they were joking around and i was super sick at the time i can remember thinking to myself you know these people are all getting high (laughs) there's no way they're actually mentally well yeah i was oh yeah i was super mentally sick um and it turns out no you know what they were what they were selling was a really good product and and I was in a situation where I I was almost ready to get it. Um, so the way that I tell people is, you know, that place saved my life and the program I went to in Wakefield, they taught me how to live my life. They mm. taught me how to mm. apply the steps to my life. They taught me when to write inventory, they taught me how to make amends, they taught me how to help people. Um, and that was, you know, this is the first time I would ever seen a community of, of guys that, that were genuinely recovered. Um, that they, they walked around and they were they were walking the talk. These guys were you know, they were guys at every place in Wakefield uh, you know huge group of them worked at Pertucci's, there were a bunch of them that worked at Dunkin Donuts there were there were. no matter where you went you were gonna bump into a kid that you know was a drug addict or an alcoholic and it, it was really strange because the way that I ended up getting into both of these programs was that my brother walked into a bank and uh, he's an accountant and he was working in Faneuil Hall at the time and he went to this bank that he always goes to and uh, the kid the, the bank teller said what's wrong and uh You know, my brother goes, oh, my brother's a heroin addict and he's going to die. And uh, the kid said, oh, really? Well, I used to be a heroin addict, too. You know, why don't you call these guys? And he gave my brother this phone number. And uh, it ended up being a phone number to the to the guys that ran this program in Wakefield, and you mm. know ipso facto I got there. Um, but it's really strange because like we don't talk about our problems a lot. Right. Uh, we're Irish yeah. Catholic. We really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't tell them to each other, let alone yeah. like a bank teller. Right.
1: You're born um, guilty and thirsty. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't talk about what's yeah. going on.
2: Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it was weird because that kid, you know, I played golf with him a couple weekends ago, and and. Uh, that kid saved my life. He never had to open the big book with me. He never had to take me to any meetings or do any of that stuff. He just, you know, he just reached out because he didn't have to do that. Um, you know, he didn't have to ask. And and when he found out, he didn't have to put his job, you know, make it real awkward at his job by putting himself out there like that. Um, but I'm grateful that he did. Cause, yeah. You know, it was it was a. It was a weird thing for me. All these pieces started to fall in line. And and I can remember, you know, when this, when, when, you know, anybody that's, that's in the steps or, you know, around AA a lot, there is, you know, this, this God component, uh, higher power component. And I can remember really struggling with that idea because I was stubborn. I mean, I had plenty of religious background i went to a private catholic high school Um, you know what i mean like i used to have religion classes uh and that was probably the reason i'm the guy in the book where it says he's you know had an overdose of religious education that was me i I was violently anti-religious um and you know i can remember having a problem it's like right before you take a third step and it says you know you got that that one uh well there was one who has all power that one is god may you find him now and i put my hand up and i'm like I can't find God. I looked, he's not there. Uh, mm. and, and the guy goes, all right, that's cool, man, you can leave. And I was like, oh, I found him, you know, there he was <laughs> in my back pocket the whole time. <laughs> um, I don't have anywhere to go, so please let me stay here. And uh, and he asked me if I had ever prayed in the back of a cop car. and uh, And I wanted to say no so badly, but I can remember one time in particular that I did pray in the back of a cop car. Which is a strange phenomenon for a guy like me, um, a guy that doesn't believe in God. You know, yeah, yeah, there's no way. You know what I call that?
1: Foxholes. Yeah. That, that's that's the teabag Catholic. Yeah. You pray you pray when you're in hot water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you know? yeah and that that then that was that was honestly my that was the way that my faith was acquired was mm. through somebody explaining it like that, and yep. I said, you know what, man, I, I can buy into that because he said there's there's one of two things: you are either constitutionally insane. And you should be in a psych ward in a, in a straight jacket or you were praying, which one makes more sense? And I said, I guess I was praying, you know, I don't like to give credit to God, (laughs) but I guess that, that I was praying. Um, when
1: you needed them, you, you, yeah. you reached out.
2: And I was also being like a, a huge hypocrite and actually like a lunatic at that point because the offer that was on the table was, if this stuff works, your life will get better. Yeah. <laughs> and my other alternative yeah. was going back to a homeless shelter. So like, yeah, right. you know, I should have been crawling around on my hands and knees trying to find God because like if he didn't exist, it was like a lifetime of, you know, subutex and methadone if I was yeah. lucky, you know. Yeah, bring um, it. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have never gone that far for sure. Right. It was uh, I? I probably had another fourteen days of using before I, you know, bumped into someone with a gun and a bullet, and then you know that would have been the end of me. Right. Um. Mm. Yeah, it gets to that point with me where you know the that last week of me using that thought crossed my mind a lot, and I talk to people about it all the time because I can remember being. In the Kingston House on the second floor, across the street from the Good Times Bar, with the window open and JJ out, Foley's? yeah, yeah, right down the street too. Uh. And, and I can remember looking out, people smoking a cigarette, you know, Friday night, 10 o'clock at night, everybody's having fun, and I'm sitting on the second floor of a homeless shelter, saying, "What is? What did I do wrong? Where yeah. did I go wrong?
1: Like ready to jump
2: yeah. out the fucking window." And there were guys there that uh, had yeah. been there for three years, and I'm asking myself, you know, is this where I'm going to be in three years? Because
0: I was sitting there in the holding in that in that Kingston house and uh, I called up my grandmother because my father had told me she wanted me to call her. She was living in Florida and this was in the dead of winter and it was freezing out and she's like, I work at the Salvation Army. We have a great program down here. It's beautiful down here. Why don't you come down here? I'm like, get me on a plane now. But it didn't stick that time. But it, it was a very nice vacation. <laughs> oh yeah, and I sure. stayed sober for six months or something. Yeah. It was a it was a fantastic time in my life. But I ended up going back because yeah. I never, you know, cleaned house. I never yeah. worked on myself.
2: Or... Yeah, you need you, you you get you know you get that thing. That everybody that you know, everybody that gets it has. They have. They have this outlook on life where they, where they're grateful for the most part. And and for me, you know, that's that's a daily thing. It's a choice to be grateful. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I have to wake up and I have to get quiet and I have to get in my car and I have to think about, you know, what I have uh, and I have to think about my job and I have to think about you know how lucky I am uh, because if I don't, I'm choosing you know, to be ungrateful and I'll be thinking about a newer car and I'll be thinking about a better mm. job and I'll, you know, right. and, and, and it's a choice for me and it's a choice that I try to make every single day because I know what the alternative looks like. You know, it looks like being miserable. Um, you know, I, I know what misery looks like firsthand and it's not something that I want to ever entertain again. Um, yeah. you know, I, I went through that program and I got a job and I moved out and, um, a lot happened since then uh, I mean you know three of us that were all you know in the same program uh, one of us went through a prior but uh, two of us were in it at the same time and we were in the community kind of doing the deal and, and we all kind of went our separate ways and a year or a year and a half down the road we all kind of linked back up through you know f- going to f- two of us lived in Quincy actually right down the street uh, we're going to a lot of meetings out here we're trying to help some people and and we ended up you know we ended up having this idea that that stuck and it was you know let's open up a program and and you know this waiting table is just for the birds i don't want to do this anymore um and yeah you kind of talked about that last time yeah you had i was going to ask you you had shared you know someone
1: someone you know's father
2: yeah 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 my buddy chris's dad called me and uh and he was a mess and his son was a mess and you know we ended up going down there and uh I ended up leaving with him um i went down there to talk with him and tell him you know i'm thinking about opening up this program in a little bit you just gotta hang on hang tight i'll pay for you to go through it once it's open and uh and it, it was such a volatile relationship with where his family was at um that that you know we we put him in the back of the car and and uh we took him to my apartment and, and that's where he got sober he got sober on my couch um you know mm-hmm. and i and i gave him you know cigarettes and wasn't anywhere that we could, you know, I can remember I just started dating my girlfriend, uh, my wife. Now, she was my girlfriend back then. And we had just started dating and, you know, going out to dinner. And I'm like, all right, Chris, let's go. You know, I'm not leaving you in my apartment. (laughs) You're coming coming with us, man. Yeah. Um, Wow. She was was, okay with us. Yeah, she was fine. I mean, this is the same girl, you know, that I looked at her and I said, you know, all right, I'm two years sober. Um, You didn't know me when I was getting high. I'm going to take all my money and everything I have and invested in this long shot. I'm going to open up a house in Plimpton and I'm going to live there. And you know, this is what I'm doing. Is that all right with you? And she was like, yeah, no, totally. That's awesome.
0: Uh, now is she uh, in recovery or she's she?
2: not? No, she's a normal person, mm-hmm. normal human being. Um, Yeah. Wow! Yeah, and she's—I mean, she's one of the she's one of the good ones. She's uh, she works with uh, children with autism. Nice. Um, oh, wow. She's got the patience of a saint. Yeah. Uh, especially with me, cause, <laughs> I mean, my, I, <laughs> yeah, right? I got yeah. At any my, at any night, I could you know I can. A couple years ago, there were like a couple weekends in a row where it's like popping out of bed and heading down to the broker tree at you know at midnight to go you know kick someone out or yeah, drug right? test people. Um, cause stuff like that happens all the time. It's, you know, we're, we're crazy individuals and I have a couple of houses full of crazy individuals just like myself. Yep. Um, you know, but it's, it's been, it's been a ride. Um, we started with that one house in Plimpton and now we've got three houses. Um, seen a lot of people get well, um, couple of my friends, which is, you know, probably the most rewarding part. You know, aside from seeing the the family members, you know, to actually know that like the reason why I wanted to do it was because I wanted to be a part of something. You know, that purpose that I had to help people. I wanted that. Uh, you know, like any good drug addict, I wanted that on a huge scale. Yeah, I, right. want, I didn't want mm, just one kid. I on want coach. more. I, yeah, exactly. And and I channeled that, and and we kind of you know we kicked around the, the, the idea of like how can we be most effective? How can we get this out to the most amount of people? Um, I knew a lot of people that were suffering and I didn't get to them all. You know, there were, there were a lot of kids down there since opening that have passed away. I've got, you know, most people that are, that are in this field of stacks of prayer cards yeah. and, uh, and not everybody makes it and it's, and it's sad, but the guys that, that I know that, that shouldn't have made it, but that did, you know, those guys are, they're the reason why, why we do it. It's, you know, it's the reason, yeah. it's the reason why I get up in the morning, I get up and I head to work and my job consists of, you know, taking some people through the 12 steps, which I love and. Mm hanging out with my friends. And, you know, I have hands down the best job in the world. Um, It's it's a blessing because it was like six years ago that I was – probably six years and a couple of months ago that I was like living at downtown crossing with a cardboard sign. So like yeah. to, to, to come here and to have like a pretty normal life, you know, we were talking about that earlier, you know, what, what, what normalcy looks like. And for me, it's like, you know, get out of work on Friday and head home and, hopefully sit on the couch and maybe watch a movie maybe install like a picket fence or something (laughs) and you know and and be excited (laughs) about it which is crazy because i thought that this stuff was going to be boring you know i thought that my life in sobriety was going to be what i had expected which was a whole lot of you know meetings three meetings a day and going and do all this crazy stuff oh yeah and and, you know white knuckling yeah Yeah, yeah
0: i mean it might help for a little while but
2: yeah, and, it, it, and it, it's honestly, it just doesn't work for me, you know. Whatever works, whatever works for people. That's yeah. right. I, I'm biased, you know. Everybody that, that, that has something that works is biased. It's like a Ford guy telling you that, you know, you should buy a Chevy. It's never going to happen, man. He's a Ford guy. I'm a 12-step right. guy. That's yeah. This is what I do. And that's, yeah. that's
1: awesome to to just, you know, be somewhere that you know you're not going to get anything in life and then like, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. Yeah. I want, I want to help people. Yeah. And things were by no,
2: things were by no (laughs) means bad. You know, right around that time, I think I had the most I had ever had in life. You know, I had an apartment, I had a girlfriend, I had a job. Um, I think I had two cars and a motorcycle, um, which for wow. me is like, you know, that's the dream. The dream yeah. Is yeah, to right. have that, you know. And now, do you have,
0: spend do you spend a lot of time in front of a computer screen doing, filling out forms and doing paperwork and stuff like that? Currently? Yeah. No. No? No.
2: no. I, uh, I do not. You have you hire someone hired someone to a do secretary? that? <laughs> um, we have some people that do that kind of stuff, but, I mean, honestly, it's not, it, it's really, there's not a whole lot of paperwork that goes through. You know, we don't, um, being a non-medical facility, um, myself, I don't, I, I got, I, I'm just a, my, my accreditation is that, uh, my college dropout that you used to sleep on
0: a park bench and no longer does, you know, right. um, yeah. but you got to know how to that. Get sober. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. That's the important thing. Yes. That's more important than being able to check off a list for the department of mental health or some insurance company. You know, whatever, yeah, you know how to get people sober. that's the goal, that's the real goal. absolutely. and if you compare that
2: with anything, you know, like I, I there's a lot of discussions, a lot of people fight on on you know on what the right way to get people well is, and I don't think that there's an answer. I think that. Right. There's a wrench for every nut. Exactly. And I had to try everything else. I had to actively seek Suboxone. I had to, you know, actively try to stay sober by just smoking weed. I had to do all those things and crash because I'm stubborn. Yeah. I wasn't going to listen. If someone dropped me off at that program in New Hampshire when I was 17 instead of, you know, just sending me to detox, I probably wouldn't have gone well. And it might have screwed up my recovery down the road. Right.
1: Everything happened the way it was. Yeah supposed to to bring you where you are
2: exactly yeah yeah. and that's what i believe in i mean it's just a faith thing you know i I have faith that this is the way it's supposed to be and that you know i can exercise my will along you know the 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 will of my higher power as much as i want and i'm not going to get very far if those two don't line up exactly you know
1: yeah you know it's
2: yeah it's It's a uh, beautiful life yeah it's a miracle yeah it's a miracle so so the brick retreat's been up and running for uh just over 4 years. Yep. Yeah, nice. we've been Excellent. around for over 4 mm-hmm. years. Um we've got three houses. We're actually about to open up a day program um where we're working on it right Our now. Patient. Yeah, it'll be cool. so it'll be it'll be a day program um licensed by the state and what it'll look like is um you know be it'll be brook recovery centers. Um and what's going to happen is there'll be group therapy. Uh, it'll be an IOP, OP. Um, and essentially what it's going to be is, you know, a day program where, um, you know, people can go and, and, um, you know, if they're in sober living, um, they can go to this program and hopefully, you know, it will, it will give some more structure to what's going on. Um, programs that lack structure to just aren't very successful in my eyes. Yeah. Um, right. Like this, no. this
1: place, you know, there's resources, people can use computers. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, cause h- how do you, you know, apply for a job and, and do all that stuff if, if you don't have the resources yeah. to, to. Absolutely. You know?
2: and, and it also needs to be structured in a way, Yeah, you know, there's different levels of care for different people. I couldn't have detoxed properly at a sober house. You know, right. that, that's not, it's not yeah. just a one-stop shop. And, nope. and if you can have different tiers to someone's recovery, you can eventually funnel someone into, you know, the right thinking. Cause that's what I needed. I needed someone to tell me, Hey Tom, everything's not going to be okay. You know, I had my whole life. Everybody told me, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. And I finally got to a place where people said, do you actually believe that? <laughs> Yeah. Said, right. No, I think I'm going to die if I don't get this. And they said, "That's right. That's what's going to happen if you don't make some changes." And I'm I, like, "Okay, I'm ready." I, I think know? I'm
0: going to slog through life for another 10 years and and be absolutely miserable and then die in a, in an alley alone and 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 yeah. and, 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 and uh, what a waste. Yeah,
2: I think and and honestly, I wouldn't like people talk about that all the time. Best and, case scenario. Yeah, I wasn't afraid of death. You know, I tried to kill myself. That sounds so easy. Yeah, to yeah. Be an addict. that's what I wanted. <clears throat> yeah, I wanted that because it was easier. And, oh yeah, and I like the easy way out. Uh, I was in that about same going scenario: from
0: homeless shelter to jail to street mm-hmm. to out of your mind to losing control of your of your bodily functions. Yeah, uh, you know, for years and just go live in this living hell. Death yep. sounds great. Yeah. Oh, you
1: know? I was I was a dude raging heroin addict, right? And the ego that I had, there was, you know, I'm on Main Street in Brockton. I'm sitting on a stone wall, and I'm making fun of people going into a homeless shelter. I don't have anywhere to go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm homeless. Look at those fools. Yeah, I'm homeless. Yeah,
1: you know, and I think I'm better than those people that are going in to stay warm and have something to sleep on and a blanket. No, yeah. I'll just like boot the window open in the friggin' abandoned house or exactly. steal a car. Yeah. Hopefully, it's got enough gas. It's the same delusion.
2: Uh, yeah. you know, it's a delusion yeah. that, you know, the job is gonna make me okay or things aren't as bad as I think they are, you know, or that I could do this forever. You know, yeah. start my delusion started pretty early. Yep. It was, you know, it, can you just steal this stuff instead of actually paying for it? That's oh, a delusion. Yeah. That's you know?
1: right. Yeah. It's horrible. But yeah, yeah every, I mean, that was uh that was great. Cool. Um, check us out on lolterms.com. Um subscribe to our podcast, the Life on Life Terms podcast, we're on right. iTunes, we, Google Play.
0: Yeah, and you can do it through the site, too. You can yep. subscribe through the site.
1: Yes, um, definitely check out our uh, website. Uh, Bobby Wall's been doing a lot of work on it. Yeah. And it looks Excellent great. job. Um,
0: yeah, it does. It does look nice. Yes. Although the one I made looked pretty good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For an And we're also on uh, <laughs>
1: Soberworks, WRX.com as well. Um, I posted from there. Posted on there last week. Um, there's tons of resources on that page as well. Uh, you can check it out. Um, nice. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, um, hey, thank you guys. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks again, the Brook Retreat. Um, the, they are tagged in this post, so if you'd like to check them out, that's the easiest way to do yeah, it.
0: What's yeah, your, what's your website? Uh, brookretreat.org. .org. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Cool, thanks a lot. Thanks right, for great. having me, guys.
2: No problem. Peace. All right,
0: peace.